going on at the same time with everyone else. So, all right. So he goes like this. So he's obviously the or Nasdaq Kaylee. Okay. Bichlal. This is um, actually the way uh, Rabbi Paul Thiel explains idea of a tzimtzum. I think he, he does a really good job of explaining the basic concept. Um, so I'm going to reiterate what he says and then we can take it from there. Uh, there's basically two aspects of every tzimtzum. Um, on the one hand, right, <coughs> you have the or. So for example, Let's imagine you have a white light, right? Imagine you have a white light. The white light, when it gets refracted through a prism or through a cloud or something like that, comes out on the other side, it looks like a rainbow. Now, what exactly is happening here? This is a good example of a symptom, which means like this. There are two aspects that need to take place in every single symptom. Aspect number one is that there is, so to speak, a glue which holds that light together. Don't talk to me about science because I have no idea if this is true or not, but I'm using this as an example. There's, so to speak, a glue that holds everything together in the light. The first aspect of a symptom is that this glue, this high-level light, this high-level energy goes up, right? So the high-level energy is able to go up. It does go up. It gets sucked up. The second thing that happens is... Wait, the glue goes up or the light goes the gl- up? The glue that is holding, so to speak, the light together... You have to stick with me with this muscle, okay? Stick with you. Okay, got it. The glue that is holding it together goes up. Then, the second aspect that happens in every tzimtzum is that the lower level of the light winds up breaking apart. So, in my muscle of the white light and the rainbow and the cloud, when the white light hits a prism, a cloud, whatever, the first thing that happens is that the glue goes up, which allows all of the other pieces, so to speak, to break apart. Okay? Now, think about it in terms of Simpson Marishon for a second. You had infinite light. If you have infinite light, it means that it's all together. What do we see with that infinite light? What we see with the infinite light is light. That's it. You don't see anything else in it. Just like with the white light, you don't see that there are different colors, right, based on the refraction, the speeds, and everything like that. You don't see that. All you see is white light, right? Similarly, when we have the or ain't so, before the tzimtzum, all you see is light. That's all you can see. <clears throat> what happened with the tzimtzum was that inherent within the light, the inner, the higher level light broke up, broke off, got pulled up. Automatically then, that causes the lower level light, whatever is inside, to break apart. Now, once you talk about the concept of of gilui, as we've talked about it a lot of times before, the, the first thing that gilui needs is a keli, 
Hezulas, right? Something to be gilui too, right? There's no such thing as gilui too in and of itself. So you could have then the light which is going into the kelim. Now, what does he mean here when he says, Hishabus kelim who gam came in a kav? How could you have the Hishabus kelim in a kav? Well, it makes sense now. Because if you have the, so to speak, the hisavus ha'or nasa keli, right? What's happening is not that the or is becoming a keli. The or is not becoming a keli. The or never becomes a keli because the or is the or and the keli is the keli. You can't have the or become a keli. It doesn't make sense. <coughs> but what you can have is that the or, so to speak, could disappear, could go up, could change, which enables the keli to now. Drop down. And that's basically the way the, the whole Seder Yishtalshalus is going to be working. At each level, the higher level light goes up, the Kaylee drops down, and then the ore is then going to go become re-infused into, into the Kaylee. And that's what winds up happening at each step of the game. Okay? So let's go now forward. What? Like if you have a, a picture on a phone, and like, you have like the, let's say the brightness turned all the way up, mm-hmm. you barely see really what the picture is. But when you turn the brightness down, so the ore starts to come together. It's not as bright; it's less bright. So then, let's say the blacks on the page start to thicken up. They start to, to get bigger. You start to see the black. Yeah, but there's, there's, you're missing a third step in this whole process. What's happening here? Yeah. Right. What's happening here is that let's let's imagine Simpson Marishon for a second. Simpson Marishon, right? You have the ore disappearing, which automatically causes what was stuck together with the ore from the first place, where the kaling that were inside the ore, right? There was the kayachagvul and the kayachabligvul all together. It was stuck together, right? At that point in time, all you saw was the kayachabligvul, right? But if you were to remove the glue, so to speak, that was holding them together, what's going to happen? All the kalim are going to then drop down. And that's what wound up happening in Simtsumarishon. That you wound up being, forming this halal, this empty space, which is not really an empty space. Why is it not an empty space? Because it's empty of, so to speak, the ore. But what's left there is the kali, right? That's our salt, right? From the ocean example, right? You have the ocean, right? Inside the water of the ocean is the salt. But you don't see the salt. All you see is the ocean. All you see is the water. But is the salt there? For sure the salt is there. But the, all you're really seeing is the ocean because the ocean is overpowering, right? The salt, or the water is overpowering the, 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 the salt, right? The H2O overwhelms the NaCl, right? That's what winds up happening. Then what happens is that the water breaks apart when it evaporates, which then causes the salt to be remaining. Now, with that in mind, however, that's step one, step two of the process. But you need to have a step three of the process. The step three of the process then comes with the ur going back into the salt or going back into the keli in order to animate the keli. 
That's the third step. And that's what happens in every single step from going from world to world to world to world to world. That you're going to have, on the one hand, you have the or and the keli together of that level, acting on that level. Then you have the or, which winds up lifting up, right? Because it gets sucked up, it gets vacuumed up, so to speak. Which causes the keli's of that next lower level to drop down. And then you have an infusion of the ore going into those particular keli to make up the next world. And that's what winds up happening. But, but that sounds like each world that is, a, is not a hishtalshtus of the next. It's exactly hishtalshtus of the next. But each one, is, each one is a tzimtzum. How do you have hishtalshtus from one world to the next? In other words, what's the difference between Zog going into Malchus as opposed to Malchus going into a new world? Can you know. say that Zog going to Malchus is Ishtalshus and Malchus going to the next world is not? No. It's just it's a different, it's a different experience that's that happening. The light is spilling over and then when it leaves... There's no light spilling over. When did I say light spilling over? How did, how did, what's the process of, it, of, of Malchus going into the next world? Again, the or... The ore part, right, the higher level gets sucked up, which causes there to be a dropping down of the lower level. That's what winds up happening. Once you have the dropping down of the lower level, right, now you have a base, so to speak. Now you can infuse within the base. It gets sucked up from Malchus of the lowest world, of, of, that, of that world? Of the higher world. That's what winds up happening. Then. And so Malchus loses that ore? And so that wait, wait, wait. It's not that Malchus loses the ore. In relation to the Chochmah of the lower world, it gets sucked up. Not in relation to Malchus itself. But I thought the lower world didn't exist yet. It's not going to. How do you make the lower world? That the light gets sucked up from Malchus of the higher world. What happens is that the, what happens, has to happen is there has to be a dropping down of the Kalim, right, from level one to level two. So from Malchus so of Atzilus, let's, well, let's, let's not go into details. I'm just, this is a general conversation here, right? What we're talking about in general, what needs to happen is, think about, go back to even Simpson Marishon, right? Simpson Marishon, right? Before that, you had Or, Ein Sof. You had Koyach HaGvul, Koyach all mixed together. So how do you make an empty space? The way you make an empty space is that you, so to speak, vacuum up the ore, which causes there to be now an empty space. But remember, what's remaining there is the salt. It was always there, but it wasn't vacuumed up with the same process. Evaporation in our muscle does not happen to the salt. It happens to the water. You following? So therefore, the salt winds up automatically dropping down. We're calling it dropping down. But it's just remaining there. It's not that it's dropping anywhere. It's, it's still you know, left on the floor where it was left. Whereas the hydrogen and oxygen molecules, they go up into the atmosphere. Let's go further. Wait, 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 wait. Don't add names. Don't add names. There's the... The thing, and then there's what's coming from the thing. So the thing itself is no change, but what's coming from the thing is going back. I don't know. I don't know if that's. That, we're gonna read further. I, I don't. I, you explain. I don't understand how that applies to the malchus going into the next world. Well, think about it. How does malchus? How does malchus get into the next world? 
that the light from Malchus goes up into Zah, so the Kalim... I did not, not I did not say that. I did not say so that. that. I did not say that Malchus... Of, I did not say that. I did not say that Malchus, the light of Malchus goes into Zah. Did I say that? No. Okay. So then what happens? That the, that the light goes up... Again, and the think, think concept. Think concepts a second. Think okay. of the concept for a second. If you have... Go back to Tzimtzum Arishon. Do you understand that concept? Yeah. So the same thing happens in every single world. Every single situation is exactly the same. Every tzimtzum, every world, going from one world to the next, is going to be a tzimtzum. Okay, we can talk about it more after. I want to read more. So this kav is known as the kav amida. Because it's being drawn down in a way of mida and gvul from the orein of baruch that is being drawn down in a way of measurement and weight. Namely, it's exactly the way it's supposed to be, exactly the right amount. So the Kab is going to be the original measurer, so to speak, of all of the different levels, going from level to level to level to level. In other words, how much light should be drawn down into what exact place? It should go until here and not further. So this whole concept is the concept of the measurement of the oiras and the kelim. Namely, in which manner should the ore be drawn down? The kama is pasha. And how much ore should be drawn down? And afterwards it becomes limited, put a boundary around it, and it's not going to be drawn out anymore. So that's the job of the keli. In other words, so the ore is being measured, a certain amount of ore for a certain keli. And the keli also is limited. The keli has this much content, right? And not any more content, right? So a, a, a keli, using a simple example of a keli that's eight ounces, is not going to take on 22 ounces, right? I mean, that's a very, very simple idea. But, uh, you know, it's not really as relevant here. But that's basically the concept, right? There's only a certain amount. So there's a certain amount of ore that is held back, which is allowing the keli to drop down. Right, and then once you have the keli dropping down, you could only fill up that keli with the requisite amount or the appropriate amount of ore that will fit into this particular keli. That's it. You can't fit in more ore than the keli is going to be able to take. So this measurement process is taking place. Mitzad, the kav. Number one, how much ore to pull up in order which keli are able to go down, and number two. What ore is going to the ore is going to go into that particular kalim? Now, the kalim do not get created. The kalim were all created from the beginning, so all the kalim are within. It's in a certain way. It's almost like if you remember those uh, Russian dolls, like where you have one big doll and then a smaller doll inside, and then a smaller doll inside, and a smaller doll inside. It's a similar idea. You have on the higher levels, you have huge kalim. Right, and as you go down to a lower level, 
the kalim are going to get smaller and smaller. Because, but it's not that the kalim are being created. What's happening is that the amount of ore that is being, so to speak, held back, which allows the lower level of keli to come out, is going to cause the lower level keli to be the one that's being drawn down. Yeah. So, this ore that's filling the keli, um, is this the the, si- the second light, like the light that's coming down, like the kav light? Yeah. Is this the same ore that fills the keli when we do mitzvah sase? Okay, so that's a different thing because there's there's the general concept of the Seder Ishtalshalus, which has a certain baseline, what I would call baseline ore, which is keeping everything in existence. And then you have and then you have a, a additional ore that we're able to draw down that causes there to be different types of Yehudim and things like that that happen in the whole Seder Ishtalshalus, mainly through to Atsilas, through our mitzvahs. Okay, so that's a different idea. So in other words, what, it, it, what's the difference? Um, generally speaking, the ore that's coming down is just a lessening of the ore. The Seder Yishtalashlis. So like if you have Chachma gives over to Bina, Bina gives over to Zoh, Zoh gives over to Malchus. That's the general pattern. However, through mitzvahs, you could have a situation called a Yichud. Now what's a Yichud? A Yichud is where, for example... You have Abba ve'ema, right? Chachma and Bina, right? Now, generally speaking, Chachma is higher, Bina is lower. So there's going to be a limited amount of Chachma's ore that could go down into Bina, right? However, if you make a Yichud, a Yichud is that you're able to lift up Bina to a level where it's parallel to Chachma. In being parallel to Chachma, so then it's obviously going to be able to receive a totally different type of infusion than the infusion that would take place when it's below Bina. So these Yehudim are able to take place, Dafka in, uh, in our, uh, by us doing Torah and Mitzvahs. So then the whole system winds up becoming revamped with much more ore than would be the normal case. If you could understand. In other words, let's say that the normal case, and these are totally you know, random ideas here, but let's say that there's 100 pounds of ore in Chachma, and generally speaking, it gives over 75 pounds to Bina, and, and Bina gives over 50 pounds to Zoh, and Zoh gives over 25 pounds to Malchus. And then Malchus goes down to the next world, and it can give only over you know, 5 pounds. Like, you know, again, this is... However, when you have a a yichud that takes place, so then the whole, all those numbers get ramped up, right? Because of the level of, uh, of the fact that the lower level is able to lift themselves up. Besides for the fact that it's a different type of light that you're able to bring through the system, and it's all, that's also takes place. As much as we try to simplify this, it's not simple. It's very complicated. Okay, okay so I'm trying to simplify it in order to make it more clear but you should know it's not so simple. It's complicated. Okay. So the, the question is that there's is there a is there a quote unquote limit to how much ore that comes from mitzvah that could go into a keli? Um, no, I don't think so. I think that the, the what happens is the keli grows with the ore. Also, it's almost like a water balloon in that way. 
You know what I mean? It, so based on the amount of ore that you're able to bring in, especially in the world of Atsilus, because the world of Atsilus, <coughs> the keli and the ore are equal. So if the keli and the ore are equal, so by definition, if you're drawing down more ore, then you have to have a bigger keli, a wider keli, whatever. I don't know. That water balloon thing is like my own mindset. You know, it's a, <laughs> don't don't quote me on that. So let's go further. So this is the measurement of the oris and kalim. In which way the ore is going to be drawn down? How much is going to be giving over? And afterwards, it'll be limited and it will not express more. This is the idea of the keli. Shemekabel as a or that it's able to receive the or v'magbilo and limited shelo yispashet v'yisgale od that it shouldn't express more and it shouldn't become more revealed. The hispashtus v'hamshacha the expression and it's drawing down who bechinas a or v'hagili so that is the or and its gili. And in general, you have a limitation on this in how it's coming down. In which way the ore is going to come down? So the kav is acting as, so to speak, like the measuring stick. That's the idea. It's measuring exactly this much and not that much. That's how it's coming out. Got it? So this is a general measurement. Like for example, how much ore, how much gilui is there going to be in the worlds of Atzilus? Not just Atzilus, but even the worlds above Atzilus. In other words, there's, there's, a, there's an architectural plan here Right, that is being played out by this kav, which is measuring exactly how much light is going into what areas. Because it's known that there are kalim, vitsinoros means pipes, which are specifically for each individual sphere. This is the measurement for each independent individual sphera. For example, in which way there will be a gilu in Chachma? And in which Eifen it's going to be a gilu in Bina? And that's the way it is in all the different spheres. Yeah, going from one to the next, to the next, to the next. Let's skip the parentheses for now. Now, as much as the or is also limiting, but the main hagbala is dafka coming from the keli, <coughs> because that's the keli's job. Shemagbil is or. Its job is to magbil to limit the or. It becomes revealed according to its particular mahus. Okay. So this is a very, very important question. The keli of chachma is in a different way than the keli of bina. Okay. 
the question that he's going to be going into, and we're going to deal with this more tomorrow, is on the one hand, we see clearly that the keli of Chachma is different than the keli of Bina, which is different than the keli of Zoh, etc. Right? That we understand. So it's going to look like Chachma when it goes into Chachma. It's going to look like Bina when it goes into Bina. It's going to look like Zoh when it goes into Zoh. That's straightforward. The question that we are going to have is, is the light totally and completely simple? Pashat. Meaning, if you have this, is it the same exact light that happens to be going into the keli of Chachma, and that's what makes it look like Chachma? Or can we say that there's a natural netiyah of certain light to go into Chachma and other light to go into Bina, in which case we're going to say it's not Pashat. This is a very famous argument in Kabbalah that goes back 600 years, 500 years, right? This is a very, very important point. Right now what he's saying is that the keli itself is what's making the difference. But on the other hand, he said before that the kav also plays a part in it. So we are going to have to understand how that works. But right now we're holding by the keli is what's making a distinction between chachma to bina, bina to zor, etc., etc. So if the light is going into the keli of chachma, it's going to look like chachma. And if the keli is go, if the light is going into the keli of bina, it's going to look like bina. That's what it looks like. The question though is: is does a particular light have a netia for a particular keli? That's going to be the question. And this is all tags 